It's that time of year again where we can all debate about gun control for a solid two weeks before we all forget about what we were talking about. Because let's be honest, nobody really cares about the people that were killed in Orlando. Don't get me wrong, it's a horrible tragedy and we all have empathy. But see, the problem is, is they don't really care about the people. Rather, they're using it as motivation to push forward whatever political agenda. Whether you're pro-gun, anti-gun, this is an opportunity to talk about what your opinions are. So don't pretend that you actually give a shit about these people when you can't name a single one of them. You just pretend you give a shit so that you can talk about what you do give a shit about. Gun control. Because we all love to argue. So one thing about liberals is they like to conflate two separate issues. General gun violence with mass shootings. You see, they often say, well, mass shootings are a problem. And then they'll bring up this statistic that shows, well, look at how horrible gun violence is in the U.S. But we're not talking about this. This is gang violence. This is liberal cities and blacks killing each other. This over here is mass shootings. Two separate issues. This one might likely be committed with an AR-15 or whatever the, the lunatic can get a hold of them. These are most likely committed with handguns. They're not the same issue. And to argue, well, gun violence is a problem, so we need to regulate AR-15s or assault rifles is just intellectually dishonest because they're not the same issue. If you have a problem with general gun violence, then what you're really talking about is gun control of handguns. And let's be honest, that's what it is, right? You want to control handguns. If this is what you're targeting, if you're targeting AR-15s, then you can't use general gun crimes as an argument because they are not related. And it's really important to point this out because liberals will often bring it up and say, well, look at these mass shootings. We've got horrible gun crime. But mass shootings are a very rare event. You can't take general gun crime statistics and use it to bring forth an image of a mass shooting because it's not the same thing. And then we often hear the statistic that there's, oh, there's 250, 315, I can never remember the number because it's always different, mass shootings every year in the U.S. But there isn't because our definition of mass shooting is four or more people killed consecutively at one time or, or shot consecutively at one time. So that includes most of general gun crime, gang crime, drive-bys. That's not the mass shooting that we're thinking about. So they use this big number, say 350, 315, to try and bring forth an emotional image into your head of a crazy gunman walking to a school and killing 30 people. But that's not the case. That doesn't happen 350 times a year. It might happen three or four times a year, and that's a high number. And that's the thing. Liberals are very good at playing with the numbers, very good at playing with the statistics because nobody questions the statistics. And I recommend you read a book by Thomas Sowell called Economic Facts and Fallacies. It doesn't necessarily talk about gun control, but one thing that I thought was really important is they touched into the fact that just because you have a statistic that says something doesn't mean that it's necessarily true. You can twist statistics to mean anything that you want. That's why you have economists on both sides of the same issue with the same numbers that come to completely opposite conclusions. So in this case, you were looking at a statistic that shows, well, there's X amount of gun, uh, mass shootings every year, but that's not really what we're thinking about when we think of a mass shooting. Next thing you hear is that, well, 90% of Americans support common sense gun control. Well, I'm going to get into that in just a second, but first of all, where are these 90%? Because just anecdotally, I haven't met a single one of them. I mean, of course, I've met liberals, but for the most part, 90% of the people I know are against gun control. Now, if that number is true, don't you think 
that it would at least be somewhat reflected in my daily life. Now, of course, anecdotal evidence isn't everything, but let's go ahead and delve into these statistics. The poll that shows that 90% of people support gun control or support common sense gun laws is actually true in a sense. The poll does exist and it does show that 90% of people support that. However, just like the campus rape statistic that shows that one out of every four women are going to be sexually assaulted, it asks a bunch of vague questions to try and corral you into answering the way that they want, even though you didn't really answer that. So the questions would be, do you think we should prevent criminals from getting a hold of firearms? Okay, well, everybody's going to say, of course, we're going to prevent criminals. We're going to... Do you think we should be able to prevent the mentally insane from getting a hold of firearms? And of course. So all these people answer yes to this, and then they jump to the next conclusion and say, well, then 90% of people support common sense gun control. But the fact is, is while everybody doesn't want criminals and mentally insane people having guns, that doesn't necessarily mean we agree with these supposed solutions, the common sense gun control. And let's just come out with this. What is this common sense gun control? We hear it all the time, common sense, common sense. It's, it's an emotional word. Common sense is an emotional word meant to insinuate that anyone on the other side doesn't have common sense. So if liberals really cared about common sense gun control, they would meet in the middle. They would meet with conservatives. They would meet with the NRA. And they would try to find a solution that works for everybody. But that's not what they want to do. They have an agenda. What they want is to force what they view as common sense gun control on everyone else. And if you don't agree with them, well, then you don't have common sense. But the thing that really gets on my nerves after these events is that liberals don't understand how guns work. They don't understand how gun laws work. And yet they're trying to tell us how gun laws should work. I mean, you have people that don't know the difference between a semi-automatic and an automatic rifle, but they're saying that automatic rifles should be banned. And I'll give you an example of this. Is both Seth MacFarlane and Bernie Sanders tweeted that we should ban automatic rifles. Which is an enthusiastic goal, I suppose. Except there's a few things that kind of retarded with that. And the first thing is, uh, they're already banned. You have to have very special licensing to get a hold of an automatic rifle. You can do it, but it is very hard. For the most part, an automatic rifle is banned. You, you can't just walk into a store and get an automatic rifle, not even with a waiting list. The next thing is, none of these mass shootings have occurred thanks to an automatic rifle. But you see, these, these lunatics go in there with a semi-automatic rifle, not automatic, key distinction there, where one pull, one shot. See, no, no, boom, 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 not... See, I have to illustrate it for dumb liberals because they can't seem to understand that. And then Seth MacFarlane takes it even further and says, well, if somebody had a concealed carry, they could have stopped them. Everybody says, but never actually happens. Um, I don't know how to explain this to you. All of these mass shootings occur in gun-free areas where we're not allowed to carry our concealed carry or even open carry for that matter. They happen in schools. You can't, can't conceal carry into a school. They happen in a theater, which, you know, you're, you can't conceal carry or you're not supposed to. I mean, you can, you can hide it. But then again, law-abiding citizens aren't going to break the rules. But the very important thing to point out here is you can't carry a concealed carry into a place that serves alcohol. But the reason that this is important, other than the fact that obviously someone couldn't have carried their gun into that establishment legally, 
is that if these liberals, like Seth MacFarlane, don't understand very basic gun laws that are already in place, such as the fact you can't own an automatic rifle, and the fact that you can't carry a gun into a place that serves liquor, very basic gun laws, if you don't understand that, then what place do you have telling us what laws we should have? I mean, legal gun owners know that shit. They're required to know it. Meanwhile, you don't, yet you're going to preach to everyone else what we should and shouldn't do. You don't know the laws we have in place now. One thing I thought was really funny, too, is I was watching um, the Amazing Atheist uh, video on this. Everyone praised it, but it was the dumbest thing I have ever seen. Don't get me wrong, he had some decent points. But he goes on to say, I would rather live in a place where we're in constant danger than have to give up my freedom. And then just goes on to say, we need gun control. It's absolutely ridiculous because these people somehow separate freedom of speech and the Second Amendment as two different things when they are, in a sense, one and the same. Anything that applies to one applies to the other equally. If you can argue that we should be able to regulate one right, then you should be able to argue we can regulate the other because it's, it's acceptable. So if you say that we have to have common sense gun laws and we can put into place certain requirements before you can have a gun, then you, by the very same right, you can put together certain requirements before anybody can have a religion. So if you're going to have a religion, it must not state this, 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 or this in your Bible, in your Quran. I mean, that, that's a reasonable jump to make sure that you don't have a violent religion. Maybe you want to have a speech. Well, well then we're going to have a background check and uh, we're going to make sure that you don't actually preach violence. And of course, people are going to say this is a non sequitur, but how is it different? Fundamentally, is it if it's okay to regulate one right, then it's okay to regulate the other for the sake of common sense control. But here's the thing. Once you start regulating a right, it's no longer a right. So all these people that say it's not an infringement on your rights to have a background check and a CCW and all these permits and licenses. Well, yes, it is. Because you're telling me that unless I do X, X, and X, then I can't have a gun. You're putting exceptions there. The right to bear arms shall not be infringed, period. There's, there's no exception, there's no other, there's no unless, that's it. Because the moment you give the government the right to start regulating your arms, then they're the ones who decide how that applies. Because, because now they're the ones making the final decision. They're saying, well, you can have a gun because of this, but you can't have a gun because of that, and you have a history of this, so you can't have a gun. So how is it a right? It's a privilege. It's a privilege that you earn. So yes, common sense gun control is in fact a violation of your Second Amendment right. Are there certain laws that wouldn't necessarily violate the Second Amendment? Yes, because while a government can't regulate your right to keep and bear arms, they can technically regulate your right and how they're used. So for example, the government can say, well, we can't stop you from having this type of firearm or having this type of magazine, but we're going to make a law that says if you carry it outside, it has to be open. You can't conceal it. That's not in strictly forbidding your right to bear arms. You see the difference? Now, so if it was only laws in that respect, nobody would really care. Just like with freedom of speech. They can't regulate what you say. But the government might necessarily be able to say, well, you can't walk down the expressway and block traffic. You can, if you're on public property, on, on the sidewalk or on the grass, then you can say whatever the hell you want, but you can't block traffic. Technically, that's regulating your freedom of speech in a sense. They're saying you can't have freedom of speech in the middle of the road. But they're not saying that you can't say something. 
They're simply saying that in this one area where you're blocking traffic, it's not appropriate. So this always leads to people second guessing the Second Amendment. Because after a mass shooting, everybody becomes a constitutional scholar. So let's go over the main ones, right? A well-regulated militia being necessary for the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So people often say, well, they're talking about a, a regulated militia. So if you're not in a militia, then, then, you can't, then, then you can't own a firearm. It doesn't apply to you. And there's a few problems with this. Firstly, there's a comma there, and that's very important. The Founding Fathers were adamant in making sure that they were two separate ideas. Due to a militia being necessary, therefore the people's right to bear arms should not be infringed. There's a comma separating it. They didn't say, due to an army being necessary, we should have a standing army. Because they've already said in the Constitution, in previous points, that the government has a right to form standing armies. So... Why would they even necessarily have to say that we need an army to have guns? That's, that's obvious. We all know that the military has arms. They specifically pointed this out and separated the military from the militia and the people. Three separate entities. Firstly, a militia is not an army. And regulated does not mean controlled. It means armed, you know, supplied, if you're, if you're speaking in old English terms. So a well-regulated militia or a well-supplied militia of individual men being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the people or the citizens right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So not only is the comma important as it separates the ideas, even without that comma, there's still two separate entities. The next criticism is that, well, the Founding Fathers couldn't have possibly conceived of automatic rifles and semi-automatic rifles. Well, for one, that's bullshit because people owned cannons back in the 1700s, and that would have been considered an assault weapon in a sense. You didn't own a cannon to hunt, but that was okay because your arms were meant to be equal with that of the military so that you could fight off, you know, home invaders, foreign invaders, hunt, and fight off a tyrannical government. That is the purpose of the Second Amendment, and that is why it is expressly allowed to have any arms equal to the military. And Stephen Crowder covered this very well, too, where he points out that there were some sort of sophisticated weapons back in the 1700s that allowed you to fire rapidly, at least by those standards, and the Founding Fathers did have knowledge of those existence. So the idea that they didn't, that these men who, who founded a country who were very intelligent, understood law, understood philosophy, had no idea that technological innovation happens... The idea that they just, oh, what, there's, there's going to be technological innovation? Of course they knew there was going to be innovation. That's why there's no unless. They're very clear. Shall not be infringed, period. The end. But even if it was so, okay, the Founding Fathers didn't conceive of arms. We'll give you that point just for the sake of argument. Okay, well, the Founding Fathers didn't conceive of email or telephones or any other electronic communication. So then the Fourth Amendment doesn't apply to... Your, your email. It only applies to your papers, your person and papers. So unless you have a physical paper, the government should be able to confiscate and look through it anytime they want. Because the Founding Fathers didn't intend for the Fourth Amendment to apply to email. And they didn't intend for the First Amendment to apply to Facebook either. So clearly the government should be able to force Facebook and Google and all these other sites to give up all their information about you and all your messages just to make sure you're not a bad guy. Because the First Amendment 
and the Fourth Amendment, neither of which apply to your electronic communication. Because the Founding Fathers couldn't have conceived of this. And, and that's an absolutely ridiculous point. But, but that's not any different than saying the Founding Fathers didn't conceive of uh, automatic weapons. They didn't conceive of semi-automatic weapons. So if I ask one thing, it is for all these pussy liberals who don't understand a damn thing about firearms because they've never fired one in their life. They don't understand a damn thing about gun laws because they've never had to actually get a gun. Please, go through the process. Educate yourself. So you don't repeat stupid shit that other people say. Go into a, to a gun shop and try to buy an automatic rifle. Please. In fact, try to buy a semi-automatic rifle on the spot and walk out. It's not going to happen. Maybe, just maybe, you'll stop being so fucking ignorant. But being as you're a liberal, I highly doubt that's going to happen.